0: Fatherhood is fascinating. One day, you're dad of the year, and the next day is, well, the next day. Welcome to Positively Dad, a podcast designed to help dads embrace the journey. Thank you for joining us for Positively Dad. My name is James Shaw. I'm your host. started Positively Dad earlier this year to be a resource to you, and I trust that we're doing that. I'm a dad of a second grader. My wife, Terry, and I have a daughter named Naomi, and she'll be on the podcast here at the very, very end. She always does the kid's corner. And when I found out I was going to be a dad, I just said I wanted to be a great one, like you probably like to be. And so I go out looking for resources to to figure out how does this whole dad thing work, and there just weren't a bunch of resources that were made for dads. So I had decided back then, seven years ago, that I'd kind of start something to do that. And finally, seven years later, we launched Positively Dad uh, back in March. And uh, it's been a lot of fun, and I appreciate everyone who's listened, because we're having great conversations. The goal is for us to think about things and talk about things that help us grow as partners and parents and people and to look at things maybe we haven't looked at before. Uh, So we do this episode, it comes out every Monday, and then every Thursday we do what we call a dad talk episode where I just talk to a dad about being a dad. And those have been a lot of fun as well. So today we're going to look at something about, you know, kind of that balance between work and and then parenting and and partnership and all that kind of stuff. And and I found these two professors from from Ball State, which is by the way awesome cuz that's where I went to school. And uh, they work in the entrepreneurship program. It's Dr. Mike Goldsby and Dr. Rhonda Smith, and they did a study together where they looked at burnout for entrepreneurs, and that as they're launching a business and getting something started and really making progress, that they put so much energy and effort into it that sometimes it might be a successful business, it might be a profitable business, and yet they just decide to hang it up and be done because they get burned out. They get over it, and and then we talk about how does that work into the balance too of your family, that you know if you're going all in at work and and, and stuff like that, are you leaving? stuff behind at home? Is there a balance missing at home? Um, is, is then the lack of, of engagement at home causing people to bail? And so I thought it was a good conversation. Even if you're not an entrepreneur, even if you've got a you know normal nine-to-five job or something, you know you still can sometimes get burnout there or feel like you're having a lack of balance. So I'm excited to have this conversation. I think it's going to help all of us. And so Dr. Goldsby, Dr. Smith, thank you so much for joining us on Positively Dad.
1: Yeah, thanks. It's good to be on your show. Thank you.
0: Hey, my pleasure. And um, it's nice, I just got to say, it's nice to have some Ball State people on as well. So chirp, chirp. And um, and let's just have a fun conversation because you guys did some research on, you looked at entrepreneurs and burnout. Like even if the business is successful, they might shut it down because they just get tired. Can you tell us about that?
2: Sure. So, um... We surveyed uh, entrepreneurs in the United States and in Canada, or in in Australia, I'm sorry, Um, and asked them about why they might want to leave their business. And we asked questions uh, about things that interfered with their ability to get the work done, work, family, life, stressors, the extent to which they really understood their job. And I think that's one of the things that's really interesting is entrepreneurs start their businesses, they just start. And, you know, you don't get a real clear job description, and you have to do it all. And so this idea of having an ambiguous role can be exceptionally stressful. Um, this idea of having all this flexibility uh, in maybe what I do uh, doesn't necessarily match with all these demands that I have. And so um, we looked at how uh, a couple of specific work stressors, this idea of role ambiguity and this idea of work-family context or conflict, actually increased emotional exhaustion, and uh, which is a component of burnout, which is a concept that everybody's been talking about lately, um, and mm-hmm. how that makes them think about, do I really want to keep doing this? Maybe I should shut down, close down, sell this business, get out of it somehow.
0: Interesting. Were you surprised by that? Uh,
1: to a certain degree. I mean, you think about why people become entrepreneurs. I mean, they want to get out of the rat race. Uh, a lot of them want to go out there and make their own, uh, stake their own claim. And then once they're doing it, I think they, they get surprised by the real nature of entrepreneurship. So, I, I mean, in some ways we're not surprised, but in other ways, I think we were sp- surprised by just how strong it was. And, you know, you hear these things about seven out of 10 businesses fail within the first five years. Uh, you know, it's not, as we say in the paper, and as you mentioned, it's not always due to the financial. A lot of times it's due to the personal. and th- And that is a, once you're aware of that, you realize that there's, there are, there's a real skill set beyond the business. There's the personal skill set of how you, how you live your life that impacts uh, the future of, of the entrepreneur and the future of the business itself.
0: Yeah, no question. You know, I've worked with entrepreneurs for 15 years in the real estate industry, and we've always said that there's three reasons why people get into real estate, and it's freedom, flexibility, and wealth. And then we say there's three reasons why people get out of real estate, and that's freedom, flexibility, and wealth. Yeah. Because they didn't understand how to use their freedom, they didn't understand their flexibility, and they didn't make any money. And it sounds like you're – I mean, that could be true for entrepreneurs across the board based on what you found.
2: Yeah, I think so. Um, You know, it's really – you know, there's a lot of ways to find prestige in this world, and one of them is to own your own business, and I think it's a dream for many people, Um and sometimes we just don't always realize what all that means, and I think when we think about work-family conflict, our family doesn't understand what that means, and we find that, um, maybe not so much in this paper, but in, in our study of entrepreneurs in general, that they're not really prepared for what all that means, and so I think that there's some great lessons that can be learned um, like you said, that can be applied to everyone in every job. I know when I was doing this paper, I was having really concerns about burnout and next to intentions myself. <laughs> sure. Like, how can I apply what I'm yeah. learning uh, to make my job as an assistant professor a little bit more balanced?
1: Yeah, the, right. to build on that, think think about the, the, the big thing in the middle of our study, emotional exhaustion. It, emotionally exhausted. I mean, that is such a it, it, it's so beyond the rational, right? It's like I can try my hardest, like I can be as committed as I want to be to this business, but at some point I've only got so much I can handle. And and there if we reach that breaking point, uh we may have to make that hard decision to exit. And what we what we were looking at too is people's even they're thinking ahead, like should I in the future, shut this down. So you can imagine that would affect the business as well. How, how I mean, if I'm not fully uh, focused on the business like I need to be because I'm emotionally exhausted, will that person be as committed to the success of that business, as, you know, it, in its uh, future days?
0: Well, yeah, once you've mentally stepped out, then, I mean, you're probably, your attitude toward the entire thing completely changes. Totally. And it's yeah. hard
2: to lead. It's hard to convince clients that you're going to be there for them. And so you can't prospect, you can't sell. And so I think it's important that um, people are really clear about what they want out of a business, what they want out of their role. And they, you know, take frequent steps back. They take frequent vacations. They take frequent breaks. They get regular exercise. All of those things take a toll no matter what job we're in. But especially in a position like running your own business where you're responsible for the possibly the entire income of your family and the well-being of that continuation of the family, plus any employees that you have or clients Mm -hmm. that you're taking care of.
1: Yeah, and the entrepreneur provides so much, right? They provide for themselves, their family, their employees, their customers. They have all these people they're providing for, but it kind of starts with them. If if they're not taking care of themselves, it's going to be hard to take care of others when things start to get too stressful.
0: Yeah, I bet. I wonder if it's, is it just a lack of, expectation? Like, are, are we just unrealistic about what we expect to happen as we launch a new business?
2: You know, I think sometimes, yes. Uh, other times, no. Uh, you know, there's a lot of individual differences that go into uh, what someone, when someone's successful in, in running their own business and the type of business, you know, did I get the right choice for me? But there are a lot of uh, entrepreneurs that have an opinion that only I can do this work. And so they don't delegate um, or they don't grow when they should uh, add people to their staff or they don't contract out. Um, And sometimes they can just get overwhelmed with the reality of, uh, A, I don't have the bandwidth or the capacity, or B, I don't have the capability to do this work. And then C, they don't want to tell anybody. So they've got this apprehension about making those decisions. So they can get stuck um, really easily, especially if they don't have a strong support system.
0: So what would you recommend then to you know get that stuff in place? I think one thing is a, a major step for
1: an entrepreneur as they start to grow the business or as, as it gets busier is to professionalize that business. I, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, they can handle it for a while being small. They can handle it being kind of loosey-goosey as they're learning the market and developing things. But there's a point – where they have to to get smarter about human resource practices. There's a point where they have to get smarter about training and development and, and getting others qualified to do the work that they that they started doing, but they can't do it all themselves. And there really is a there is a make or break point where the entrepreneur has to transition into that. And I'll let Rhonda talk more about that more because she's she's an expert on human resources as well.
2: So some of my other research that's not yet published is uh, about this idea of growing your firm, becoming a firm, and things like job descriptions. You know, you don't think you need those when you first start your business. You're flexible, you're free. But a job description really is a great way to start with a list of creating role clarity for everyone in the business, but especially the entrepreneur. And it's also a great starting list where you can start to delegate. I don't really have to do that. I can hire someone to that. Or I can create a policy or a procedure that allows me to get over my trust issues to let someone do something simple like make the bank deposit. Um, But a lot of times we get stuck in this idea, I have to do everything and I get so overwhelmed. But a simple activity of writing down all of the tasks and responsibilities can be a very easy way to start. And then you go back through and ask yourself, do I really need to do this? Who could I hire, contract, or do I even need to do this at all? Uh, Can be a great place to start and give control over the work.
1: I mean, a, a good role model for any entrepreneur out there uh, is Bill Gates. I mean, when you think about how Bill Gates started Microsoft with Paul Allen, they were doing everything, and they were they were this scrappy little business. But later, when it it meant a bigger organization, he was willing to bring in actually a CEO to do the things that he didn't like doing. And he was smart. I mean, he's brilliant. He was smart enough to know that uh, that where he was strong and where others needed to do things inside the business. And then Gates himself evolved those skills that he needed to be more of an executive and less of that scrappy entrepreneur who was driving all over Albuquerque trying to get the company started. Mm
2: -hmm. I mean, you can parallel that with how Steve Jobs handled that, right? So he thought he could do it all too, and he was uh, fired. Uh, (laughs) So, um, I mean, he made it back in. He did mature, but look at the consequence of the two, um, especially two rivals in Silicon Valley But, you know, taking control over the role um, is really helpful. Taking control of your ego and being honest with yourself is another important thing. And then procedures, um, not so much like standard operating procedures, Uh but more like some operating guidelines. Once we're clear about how we're going to run this business, it's really easy to delegate. It's really easy to empower. It's really easy to get over agency theory concerns where you you can't trust or you're worried that it's going to take too long or you might as well just do it yourself. But really... It's about taking control. And one of the conversations that we've had a lot about this idea of professionalizing this business is the concept about working in the business versus working on the business. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we feel so in the business that we can't get up on top of it like a mountain. I don't climb any mountains, but I can think about the analogy of like, okay, I'm like way deep in this trench versus I'm on top and I've conquered it and I'm in control.
0: Right. Right. It, it reminds me of, like I said, I've been in the real estate business 15 years, and the company that I work for has a book called The Millionaire Real Estate Agent. And in the book, the Gary Keller lists out the 192 tasks that a real estate agent does. And, and he says, really, he, you know, he talks Pareto principle, only 20% of those really bring you revenue. So how quickly can you get out of all the others? And what, exactly. is the, what is the process to bring people in, the right people in, that can do those things actually probably better than you can and, uh, and, and allow you to increase your performance. And then eventually you can even get out of parts that are in your 20% because your 20% gets smaller. And so then you continue to delegate until you just own a business. And I I think it's a it's a great book that, quite frankly, anybody could read and you could substitute whatever industry you're in. And that's basically what you're saying. When you when you started it, you're doing it all. And if you don't have the ability to figure out how to get out of certain aspects, then, of course, you're going to burn out because you can't keep it going forever and balance your family life. And if you're married, you're married, your marriage and, and your your social interest and things like that. It's just not possible.
1: Yeah. And to build on what you're saying there, Gary Keller is brilliant. He's he's the author of one of my other favorite books, uh, The One Thing. He wrote that book, and it is one of the best books that anyone should read about. And it, and it gets to the same thing you said. It's about focus. And so, like Rhonda said, if you you know the business is a chance to really carve out your unique identity and authenticity in the marketplace. And when you that's what a brand is built on. That's what people know you for. And that's what the people working there. When you when you know why you're doing what you're doing and what it takes to get that done. Uh, you are you are working on the business, and ultimately that's a real satisfying thing. And, and, the, and to build on what you were saying too, uh, there's a there's a term called moral injury, and what that means is that you feel uh, you feel personal harm by feeling like you're not meeting the duties that you have on you. And, and one of the areas that people feel moral injury is with their families, right? I mean, if they're if they feel that they have to keep putting food on the table, and they, they feel like they got to provide for all these employees and keep everything going, and they work in so hard in the business to meet all those responsibilities. At the very same time, the dichotomy is they might not be meeting the duties at home, and that's that work-life balance, and it's probably harder for an entrepreneur than any other person in society.
0: I have asked people, do you ever feel guilty when you're at work for not being at home, and then guilty when you're at home for not being at work? And the number of entrepreneurs who t- answer yes to that question just absolutely blows me away.
1: Exactly. I bet if you ask entrepreneurs at the end of their careers, the one thing that they have any regrets about it's probably time away from family.
0: All right. So let's talk about that then. And again, I think you know while we certainly have some entrepreneurs listening, we have people that you know have your everyday normal you know clock in, clock out, salary job or something, and they can experience a lot of this as well. A high demand job like. Like you said, Rhonda, you're working on a study. You're going all in on that for a long period of time, and that time comes from somewhere. So I imagine that really everyone can feel the work effect on family. What have you found there, and what advice would you give?
2: So I'm going to draw from one of my favorite executives. is uh, Lee Cockerell. He's now retired from Disney, but he used to apply a lot of Stephen Covey's time management principles, and he said, you know, you have one life. This whole idea of having two <laughs> lives, In two calendars, in my work life, in my home life, it's driving me crazy. And so when you realize you have one life, you've got one bank of time, you've got one pot of energy, then you decide how and where you're going to commit those things. And so, um, you know, building routines, delegating whatever you can, deciding what you really, really need to be doing, all of those things really can help. I also think that, you know, being really clear about what's your responsibility and what's not your responsibility uh, can help. And also, my favorite thing that I tell myself and all of my students is, you don't have to know the answers to everything right now. Sometimes deciding to decide later is a decision, and that can get it off your brain, and that will help you be present wherever it is that you are.
1: Yeah, and the thing, thing about Lee is, he's written books on time management, he's written books essentially on personal productivity, and I'm such a firm, firm, firm believer that personal productivity, being in control of your own life the best you can, uh, models for others in the company how to operate, but also uh, being structured like that, instead of being uh, all kind of wild like you are in the early days of startup, it, it frees up. It opens up time. It's chaos and order. You need some order in order to be ready for the chaos that's bound to spring up in, as an entrepreneur or anyone, really, in, in today's world.
0: So how do you do that? I mean, it sounds cute, all right? It sounds really cute that we're going to balance our time and, and figure it out. And yet, how do we do that? We're starting a business and we've got a family.
1: Yeah, personal productivity. There are some really good guidelines out there. And I would recommend any, anyone in your audience to read three books. Uh, read "Getting Things Done" by David Allen. It is incredible, and it changed my life. I'm a hey. I'm a I'm a person with four titles at the university, as well as I wrote three books in two years. I do these articles with with Rhonda. I'm a busy person, but I'm I'm extremely structured, and and I always like to say that I work real hard to make things look easy. I think the people that make things look easy, the the, the Italians have a term called sparatruda, which is. The, the art of grace, but you work really hard to make things look easy because you're you're always thinking about what you're supposed to be doing. You get the hard things done, and that leads to Gary Keller. His book, The One Thing, is how to get those hard things started. And the third book I'd recommend is Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. If you read those three books, you're going to have a good framework for, for getting that type of control and self-leadership uh, that you just asked about.
2: So I'll offer you a couple thoughts as well, things that you can do to help is to first look for things that you do every day. Things that you do every single day, could you could find some efficiency. If it's making breakfast, it could be as simple as making sure that everything is all in the same place. It could also be training your child to make their own breakfast or pack their own lunch. And so looking for ways, one, to make things more efficient, and two, to see who else can help you with that. And then three, do you really absolutely have to do that? And then finding out, like, if you're trying to balance work and family, what's really, really important? When are the critical times for you to be with that child? Maybe it's on pickup. Maybe it's on drop-off. I mean, could you arrange your schedule so you're free at 2.15 or 2.30 for that really important 15 minutes after work for a snack? And then you can send your child off to their next thing. And if you make it like an appointment in your day, you honor it. You commit to it. If it was a client, you'd be there. And so I think if we rethink whatever our workday is, um, I think it can really serve us. Um, I work at all hours of the night, all hours of the day. I, I interact with my child at all hours of the day, at all hours of the night.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
2: it's a continuous uh, stream of uh, work and interactions and balance.
0: Well, and that's the biggest challenge that we face, right, is figuring out how to do that, how to balance, how to make it work. And, you know, the truth is, and, and you've referenced the one thing from Gary, that you know, we there is no such thing as balance. You're really just kind of moving from one thing to the other, and so the question is, are you doing it in a way that's healthy?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, these are things that one they start with awareness. So we hope our research makes people more aware of these issues. But w- once you have the awareness of these things, then you can actually work on them. You can. These are skills that can be developed. Now they're easier for some people due to personality and. The way they're wired, but everyone can get better at this, and and it and it doesn't happen overnight. I mean, you this could be a three-year project to get to kind of get this order that you need. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to look, you need to look at as as Rhonda said, your entire life as as one grand project uh, that, like a startup, you know, isn't gonna isn't going to happen in 30 days. It, it may be a multi-year process. But what's cool is there's sort of a tipping point with people who do these types of things where all of a sudden it's like wow, uh, it seems different now. And and mm-hmm. I think once people have that, other people want to have a piece of that too. And that's where you build culture in a company through professionalizing and getting better control of your own practices to where uh, you see it. Some places get back to their customers. Some people, some companies are good at handling situations and others look like it. everything's a crisis.
0: So let's say that someone is... They are. They're, they're facing burnout. They're pulling their hair out. They're stressed out. They're wondering, is it? Is this even worth it anymore? What advice would you give them?
2: I would say stop and take a nice long walk and get some deep breaths going in your system so you can think clearly because it's easy to be responsive in a chaotic situation. It's hard to be purposeful and planful and mindful when you're in that kind of stressed out environment and realize that your spouse or your partner or your best friend or your parents they might not be the best person to talk to um, to help you kind of work through that it would be wise to try to find a similar other um, a mentor somebody that's been there Um, some of the business organizations are good for bringing those people together um, that you can kind of talk through those things and I will be the first to say you know Whatever kind of therapy you can get from any kind of professional resource can be helpful and never to be ashamed for getting that professional advice uh, because whether it's from a mentor or from a professional resource, um, they can help you kind of restructure, rethink, refocus, adjust, and empower you and equip you to handle uh, the challenges that you're going to face. Yeah, I, I love that. Advice. So hold on real
0: quick. I want to jump in real yeah. quick because I want to just elaborate on something Rhonda just said, which is you said don't go to family and friends and ask their advice. And, and I actually love that to, to tell people not to do that. Cause what I found is your family and your friends care about your mental state. They see you frustrated and annoyed and they say, well, you can always do something else. Like just, it's okay. It's okay to bail when maybe that's not the right answer. And they aren't doing that because they want you to fail. They're doing that. I think, cause they want to protect you when really though, that might not be the right answer. Right, Rhonda?
2: Correct. And you know, The other thing, too, is you might have another side of that, which is like that you might be freaking out your family. They rely on you for all that support. Well, what if they don't do this, and what are we going to do? And then you create a whole other context of anxiety that you didn't have before. But, you know, if you're looking for strategies and tactical advice, um, I think another entrepreneur who's been that would be very helpful. If you're looking for processes for how to interact with all of it, to cope with any of your own anxieties. I think a professional therapeutic resource can give you those um, uh, tools um, and help you, position you to have the conversations that you need to have. You know, we talked about exit Mm -hmm. um, and we talked about authenticity, but one thing that, and you talked about being producer in real estate, and we've talked about Steve Jobs and we talked about Bill Gates and how maybe We weren't always equipped for the roles that we're in. One of the things about being authentic and making that list and figuring out what work we can do is to be honest with yourself. Are you a producer in this business or are you going to professionally manage this business? And it can be either way, right? So Mm -hmm. you said Bill Gates hired a CEO, Mm -hmm. right? So he wanted to keep... Uh, producing in his area. Um, but in other cases, some people want to be the CEO and they don't want to produce anymore. And I, I think it's okay to go either way. Um, but to think that we have to do one or the other can be super stressful because we're not being our best self. We're not living, uh, our authentic self. We're not being true to our talents and we're not true to our talents. That creates a lot of extra stress.
0: Yeah, I bet. So, uh, Mike, I interrupted you, and I know you had a thought, so I want to allow you to go ahead and continue that.
1: Yeah, sure. So I was—I've I was, uh, actually advised businesses over the years, and I think what an advisor or mentor, like Rhonda mentions, an outsider, trusted outsider with experience, can give honest feedback. Uh, one they've seen probably seen a lot of things themselves over the years. They see see that's the thing is when you when you do consulting or advising you see these common issues coming up over and over again. Like you talk to all these real estate agents and all these other people in business, and and you hear these common stories. And, and it's true. There are common stories. There's common situations. And somebody who comes across that uh, can give you honest advice uh, based on that type of experience. And the other thing is that your family, I mean, like Rhonda said, there might be almost a conflict of interest there. They have a vested interest in what you do.
2: Sure. They may
1: not give you that that objective uh, feedback that you need, that honesty uh, to consider. So, someone willing to give you the hard truth uh, can go a long ways because uh, some, oftentimes, we're the worst at recognizing in ourselves why we do what we do. Others have a better idea than, than we actually. Other people know us better than we know ourselves. A lot of times.
2: You know, I got some great advice that I share with every. Student, everybody who's thinking about starting their own business. Um, it was my first entrepreneurship class at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Dr. Robin Anderson is now the dean in Oregon um, at a business school out there. But he said the best thing that you can do for yourself is to build yourself your own personal board of advisors. Mm-hmm. And you don't even have to tell them that you're on the board, right? <laughs> and then you can meet with them as needed. You can fire them when they make you upset. And you can put them back on, and you don't ever have to tell them they're on there. But you have a support group of, of different types of people and different types of roles that you can go to and lean on. Um, and I think that that's the kind of support we're talking about. You know, It doesn't have to be a formal relationship, a formal mentoring program that I have to join. I think that we all have those people in our lives, but we might not have structured it in that way in our head. And I think when we can do that, it makes us not... Take this journey alone.
0: There you go. Well, because you can, you can feel isolated and out there all by yourself, and you're the only one who's experienced this problem. And uh, when the truth is, there's a bunch of us out there who are going through all the same things. So let's support each other. That's
1: right. You know, part of it is that somebody, that outsider, outside person, maybe part of your inner circle, maybe your personal board of advisors. Somebody who's really good at reframing something like you, we often get stuck looking at something with with the same perspective based on whatever uh experiences and ideas we have and, and and somebody reframing it in just a just a really novel way that we've never looked at before can totally be the thing it takes to be able to handle that situation in a new way.
0: Yeah. Awesome well, listen, I appreciate the two of you being on. I think you've given great advice today and uh, and so just thank you so much for taking the time to join us.
2: Thank you, James. Thank you so much.
0: My pleasure. So many great things in that interview the The two that really stuck out to me were we have one it's one life it's not we have our home life and our work life. We live one life, and it's about a, a balance between the two it made me think of something that's in the one thing and you can find it all over the place if you've read the one thing though by Gary Keller it's in there and he got it from the former CEO of coca-cola and uh, that guy's name is Brian Dawson and and what he said was this imagine life as a game in which you were juggling five balls in the air these five balls have names work family health friends and spirit and you're keeping all of these balls in the air and soon you understand that work is a rubber ball, and if you drop it, it will bounce back. But the other four balls, family, health, friends, and spirit, are made of glass. And if you drop one of these, it could be scuffed or marked or nicked or damaged or even shattered and never be the same. And as they were talking about recognizing we do have one life and it's a balance between the two, then, then how are you purposeful when you're at home so that you can have that time with your family, your kids, your spouse, whomever you're living with? And then how are you purposeful when you're at work working on the business so that you can get more done in less time and be really engaged in making that business amazing as it can be? And that's what leads to the next aha I had, which is who is in your network? I think she's described it as your board of directors. Who's on that board of directors, whether they know it or not? Who are the mentors? Who are the people you reach out to? Do you have mentors in those areas, work, family, health, friends, and spirit? Do you have people that you can go to? that are a resource for you. That's that's what I trust this is. You know, let's put Positively Dad on your board of directors as a resource for you so that you are looking at ways to go how can I be fully engaged, be where I need to be, be focused on that so that I can have this business that I love and in, or, or a career that I love or work that I love and then be truly engaged and happy with my family at home as well. So great, great stuff today and of course it's great because it came from people at Ball State so that makes it awesome. All right, let's wrap up the way we wrap up every week, and that is a visit to the Kids' Corner. This is where you find out what's on the mind of my little second grader, seven-year-old Naomi. And uh, I guess today she's going to kind of talk about work for her. Here's the Kids' Corner. What are the kids thinking? Time to find out in the Kids' Corner with your host, Naomi.
2: Hello, this is Naomi Shaw. Today we are going to talk about doing chores. So if you have, like, so many chores to do, Your parents might scream at you or something. Um, (laughs) So you have to do it like straight away and be kind. Don't just be naughty. You want to be, baby, baby. You want to be kind. Do it straight away. And then you can go back to whatever you're doing. That's it from Naomi's Corner. Have a great day. Bye.
0: Okay, that's one of the things. I have it recorded. I'm going to play it back the next time that she doesn't want to do her chores and goes, blah, blah, blah. And uh, that way she can remember her own advice, just do it straight away, and then you can go back to doing whatever you're doing. Kind of applies to us too. When you're at work, do it straight away. When you're at home, do it straight away. And let's be really engaged in where we are. Hey, I trust that this episode added some value to you. That's my goal with Positively Dad. And if it did, would you rate us wherever you're listening? and uh, maybe five stars. That would be totally awesome. And leave um, uh, uh, some comments or feedback or a testimonial of some kind. The other thing we're asking is share this out with other people. You know other entrepreneurs. You know other people who are working and and are attempting to balance family and and work and job and kids and this and that. And so share it with them. Uh, You know, there's so much pressure to be perfect. We've got to decide it's okay not to be. We've got to be okay with the fact that some days are going to be great, others aren't. Some days we're going to lean more into work. Some days we're going to lean more in home, and that's all okay. You can't be the perfect neighbor, the perfect friend, the perfect parent, the perfect you know worker, the perfect entrepreneur. You can't be any of those things. And you know just going in and doing the best and understanding a balance, I think, is going to help you. Remember why you started it in the first place, and that'll give you the momentum to keep going. The last thing we'd ask is would you follow us online? We're on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at Positively Dad. We share stuff on there. We're doing dad jokes now. Those are the best. So check that out as well. And then we'll see you next time on Positively Dad. Thanks so much for listening. I'm James Shaw. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.